right. Who's looking forward to Christmas? <laughs> Who's looking forward to all the food? <laughs> I absolutely love Christmas. Every year we do, you know, the kids do the Christmas countdown calendars and we, we do the tree. This year we got a real tree for the first time ever. It was We went out in the rain and the kids had a bit of a sore at the bottom and it makes the house smell Christmassy. It's just, it's just lovely. We, we love to, to do Christmas, but it's not about the tree. <laughs> it's about Jesus, amen? And, and there's always this build-up, this anticipation. I think it's probably me more than the kids, to be honest. <laughs> I remember as a kid growing up, the anticipation, and I still feel that today, you know, waiting up late at night wondering who's putting presents under the tree. Are there going to be presents under the tree? You know, I still feel that. And I know I'm well into my 40s now, but it says in the Bible, childlike faith. And I, you're only as old as you feel, right? I feel pretty young today, so. <laughs> but from the time I was really little, I always remember my parents reminding me of the real reason behind Christmas and why we should say thank you for the gifts we receive and why we should be grateful. And, you know, with my little son, Toby, when he ever asked me for something, Mom, can I have a bicky or whatever it is? I say, Tobes, where's your manners? <laughs> you know, where's the please? And when he receives it, I say, where's the thank you? You know, and this... My parents taught me the same, to say please and thank you for things. And in this, as we're teaching, or as we've learned, it's about teaching our kids thankfulness. Teaching our kids thankfulness. About manners. <laughs> and, and, and when you, re, at Christmas time, when you receive gifts, because it's a time of giving and receiving, and giving and receiving, <laughs> When you receive that one gift that you really want, it's all very well receiving it, but then you take it a step further and you've got to be thankful for the person who gave it to you. You've got to be thankful. They took time to go and purchase that gift. They took time to wrap it in pretty paper. They took time to put ribbons on it. And if we forget to thank the giver... We are living in a place of ingratitude, if you like. And, you know, Jesus gave us the best gift. He gave us the best gift, yeah. Jesus' his son. Amen? Yeah. Before I go there, you know, Thanksgiving is such a, such a significant thing for us as believers. It should be the mark of every Christian believer, amen? We should be the most thankful people on the planet. And when we are thankful, it stirs up within us a sense of purpose, a sense of contentment, a sense of well-being, a sense of peace. When we have this ingratitude, we, 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 we're the opposite. We're self-fulfilling. We, there's this whole sense of entitlement that comes upon us. The antidote to that is to be thankful for what you have, regardless of whether it's a little or a lot. Um, I'm way off my notes. I wanted to talk about the Americans this morning. <laughs> 
I love the Americans. Dee is an American. She's, I love her, but she's my, one of my really best friends. Uh, they have got it sussed. They've set a whole day aside for Thanksgiving. <laughs> a whole day. They've made a whole public holiday out of it. For Thanksgiving. <laughs> we could take a tip off that, couldn't we? I think it was about when the early settlers came to America and the Native Americans, they had this big feast and they stopped to thank God. They stopped to give thanks. They stopped to be grateful. So this morning, the message, <laughs> the title of my message is The Power of a Grateful Heart. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So that's where we're going. Are we thankful this morning? Church, believers, sons, daughters, are you grateful this morning? I'm going to leave that with you to ponder. I want to read from Luke 17 this morning, just a small passage of scripture. So if you've got your Bibles, if you could turn there. a passage about Jesus and the ten lepers. Uh, 17 verse 11. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. And then he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Some other versions say your faith has made you whole. <clears throat> I'm just going to pray this morning. Father God, I thank you that you are all good, that you are all that we need you to be, that you are faithful that you are gracious, that you are kind, and that you love your children more than we love our own children, Father. So Lord, as I, I bring your word this morning, I pray that people would hear your words and, and grasp hold of your truth this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. So in this passage, we see the story unfold, the leper who fully realizes what Jesus has done. He fully realizes that it wasn't the priests who healed him. It was Jesus who healed him and made him whole. The other nine, they realized they were healed, but they, went, they would have gone off and they probably were excited about being reconciled with their families. They would have been excited about being reinstated back into community because in Bible days, lepers were the outcasts of all outcasts. And if you came by them, they could not even engage in conversation. They would yell out, unclean, unclean, as anybody walked by. So you would know that there are lepers by. So in this story, the 10 men 
were outcasts. They had no way of getting made whole or being cleansed. The only way they could do that was by going to the priests, and the priests would declare that they were clean. So this one man didn't even make it to the priests. <laughs> he didn't even make it to the priest to be cleared, to be cleared and be said that he was clean and whole. He didn't let any of that inconvenience stop him from going back to Jesus to praise him, to give him thanks. This morning, some of you are needing a breakthrough in your life. Some of you are needing some stuff to shift and change. Some of you are needing to see a breakthrough in your health. Some of you are needing to find a job. Some of you are needing to find a house. Some of you are just needing to reconcile with your brother or your sister, whether that is spiritual or otherwise. This morning, God would say it's through praise and thanksgiving that you're going to find your breakthrough. Did you hear that this morning? This one man took time. He could have gone straight to his wife and his kids because he'd been made whole. He'd been made whole. He'd been cleansed. He was released to be back and part of a community. Imagine what it would be like to be one of these lepers. They're outcasts. They're alone. They're, they're isolated. Jesus felt this, these lepers, their anguish. He understood how they felt when they were crying out to him. Go and show yourself to the priest, Jesus told them. It was a step of faith for them to step out to go and do what Jesus had said. If Jesus is, is, if God is telling you to do something this morning, you need to take a step of faith. You're not just going to step out and see big things happen if you're not willing to step over the chicken line. We've all got fear in our life. We've got to cast it off. Where there is perfect love, it casts out fear. We all have Jesus living on the inside of us, the great Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. He is with us. He is for us. There's nothing that can stop us from stepping into the purposes of God apart from the stuff that we allow to hold us back. You know, the enemy is there trying to take us out. He's throwing darts of disappointment, of lies, of discord. In the word it says, be thankful in all things. Always be thankful. While returning to Jesus, he was, this guy was praising aloud, no inhibitions, no inhibitions. We need to be praising God loudly and powerfully and giving him thanks in all things. We remember the Apostle Paul. I love Paul. He went through some stuff. You know, he was, he was beaten. He was wrongly accused. He was thrown into prison and left there. And yet, he didn't complain he praised God. He thanked God. He, he went on about how good God is. And he said, what did he say? <laughs> that he, he had found what it meant to be content in all circumstances. 
And that is, that is such a godly example for us today as believers. It doesn't matter what we go through. Well, it does. We all go through stuff. But we've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we've got to be thankful for all that he has done for us. You know, like the lepers, we too have been made whole. We have been cleansed. If you're a believer this morning, when you gave your life to Jesus, you were cleansed and made whole when you gave your life and surrendered to him. Amen? So like these 10 guys, we have much to be grateful for. Paul wrote in Ephesians 5, sing and make, while in prison, Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Always giving thanks for everything. Whew, that's big. And for the Apostle Paul, it wasn't just a one-day-a-year celebration of thanksgiving. It had become a lifestyle of thanking the Lord for everything he's given him. And when we realize that everything we have it actually comes from the Father above, we've got so much to be thankful for. You know, today's society has that whole sense of entitlement. And when you see this, it's because there's a lack of gratitude in their life. It's a lack of being grateful for what, what, what we have. God is so good. I just want to encourage you this morning that you have stuff to be thankful for. For just the mere fact that Jesus died on the cross for you. He died on the cross for me. That's enough, you know. Whew. Children today forget to thank their parents. I'm, I'm glad only one of my children's in the building. <laughs> they forget to thank their parents. Common courtesy these days, it's out the window. Have you noticed that with some of the beautiful young people of our next generation? <laughs> but we too forget. We too fail to thank God for his goodness. Hi, Norma. Looking gorgeous. <laughs> we forget to thank God for his goodness. Because he's good and he's got good stuff for our lives. We take for granted people. We take for granted the people that are around us that God has placed in our life. God has placed those people there. Your neighbor, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, your future husband or future wife. You know, God's placed these people there. We've got to be thankful for them and not take them for granted. I'm sorry, Wes, when I take you for granted. <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> and it robs us from the purpose God has for our lives. <laughs> a heart that is not full of thanks is a heart that is not connected with the Lord. It's a heart that is forgotten how dependent we need to be on God. It's a heart that is self-fulfilling. It is a heart that is in want and in need. We all need stuff. We need healing. We need breakthrough. We need God's provision. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm talking about the greed stuff. When we are grateful, it combats all of that skin stuff, all of that humanity stuff. We are spirit beings. We should be walking in spirit and in truth. Amen? Thankfulness should be something that overflows from the heart of a believer. When you spend time with the Lord, when you thank him for who he is, when you thank him for what you have in your hand, when you thank him for the sun, the air that we breathe, the freedom that we have in New Zealand to praise him without being persecuted. Thank you, Jesus, that we can praise you freely in this country. Oh, I've got to read the scripture. It's really good. Here's something that I want you to take home with you. This is a me thing. It's not, not, not a nobody else's quote. <laughs> I kind of came up with it myself. Our gratitude turns what we do have into enough. Our gratitude turns what we do have into enough. Our gratitude pleases God. It brings his presence in a tangible way. In 2 Chronicles 5.13, it says, They raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, his love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud. And the priests could not perform their service because the cloud was in the room. His presence had come because they were praising and they were being thankful and they were giving him glory. When we are thankful and give him praise, we can tangibly touch his presence. Thanksgiving and praise brings the manifest presence of the Lord. So let's be diligent at thanking God for all he has given us. Point, point, Point two? Where did point one go? <laughs> has, has anybody heard of that book, Chicken Soup from the Soul, uh, for the Soul? Yeah. You've heard that? I just want to read you a little story out of there. It's so good, just because it ties in with what I'm talking about this morning, and I've got lost on my notes, so I'm going to bring in a story. <laughs> There's this story in there about this guy called Jerry. I'm going to read my notes so I don't get it all wrong. And this guy, Jerry, was always in a good mood and always had something positive to say. And when he was asked how he was doing, he would say, if I was any better, I'd be twins. (laughs) He was a restaurant manager and he went through a terrible time. He got robbed, he got shot, he was on the operating table and the doctors and nurses were saying, is there anything you're allergic to? And he said, yes. So they all paused. And then the story goes, they asked, so what are you allergic to? And he said, bullets. <laughs> so, and it goes on. And this, the lady of the book, the author of the book kept asking him, so, so what is it about you that makes you so positive and happy all the time? And he said, well, when I was lying on the floor, I remembered I had two choices. I could choose to live or I could choose to die. So I chose to live. (laughs) 
Um, and it goes on to say, she saw Jerry six months later and asked him how he was doing. And what did he reply? If I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> and she said, well, it can't be as simple as that. And he said, well, actually it is. It matters how you choose to live your life. So this morning, I want to encourage you to choose to be thankful. Because if you choose to be thankful in all circumstances, you're going to see breakthroughs happening in your life. Amen? So point one this morning, thank God for all he has given you. King David prayed in 1 Chronicles 29, wealth and honor come from you. We give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Everything comes from you. And what I've seen in my own life, when I start looking at the things I'm grateful for, the lack disappears. When I start looking at all the good things he's given me, my kids, my husband, food on the table, shoes on my feet, the lack of what I don't have, thanks Tanya, (laughs) the lack of what I don't have diminishes. You begin to lose sight of the things you lack. Amen. So we need to be diligent at daily practicing, if you like, this thing called thankfulness. David praised three times a day. He thanked God three times a day. Even when he was thrown in, wherever he was thrown in, he got down on his knees and he would thank the Lord regardless of his circumstances, regardless of his situation. I've already said, thank thank God for the people in your life. This is point two. Thank God for the people in your life. Paul, again, the Apostle Paul, I love the Apostle Paul. His first letter to the Corinthian church, he starts off by saying, I always thank God for you. Always thank God for the people in your life. Always. God's placed them there for a reason. He's placed people in your, in, in your path for a reason. Number three, thank God in the midst of trials and trouble. Amen. <laughs> Make a choice to rejoice. We all have stuff in our lives. None of us are exempt, but we can be thankful. We can choose to be thankful in those things. Amen. Because in those times of testing, in those times of trouble, it's an opportunity for God to draw you closer to him. You got to run to him in your times of need. James 1, 2 says, we can know that he, no, that's not what he says. Consider it pure joy is what it says. (laughs) Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And it goes on. And, you know, I don't know what sort of stuff you might be facing today, but, you know, what God does, he does, and he is for you, he is with you, he is not against you. 
And when you focus on him and give him thanks, he will bring you through. We need to cultivate a heart that is thankful in the midst of stuff, in the midst of trials and heartache, because that is the key to your breakthrough this morning, the key to overcoming your situation, your key to seeing God move is to be thankful. Amen. I want to encourage, this is meant to be encouraging. (laughs) Thank you. Number four, thank God especially for his gift of salvation. We've got to come back to remembering what he did for us and the day we surrendered to him because that is when we receive the greatest gift. And we need to thank him. We need to continually thank him for what he's given us. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. John 3.16, we all know this one. For the God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life. And if you've known Christ for any amount of time, if you've known him, how long has it been since you've thanked him for your salvation? I just want to put that out there this morning. Not asking for a show of hands. How long has it been since you thanked God for that day you surrendered to him? And if you haven't done that, it is a simple prayer of asking forgiveness and then thanking him. Amen? How much time have I got? I've only got one more point. (laughs) Number five. Thank God for his presence and his power in your life. Because when you came to Christ, when you surrendered to him, it wasn't the end, it was the beginning. (laughs) The beginning of a great journey, the beginning of his purposes and plans unfolding for your life. Philippians 2.13 says, It is God who works in us to will and to act according to his good purpose. So it's about him acting and working in us. Amen? Amen. And as we said, the the Americans got it right by setting that one day aside for Thanksgiving. But for the Christian, for the believer, it should be an everyday occurrence, a lifestyle of Thanksgiving. And how we do that, there's a million things through this message that you would have picked up. It's just being thankful thankful for the good things. There is power in a thankful heart. So if you're needing breakthrough this morning, think of some things that you can be thankful for. Think of even the little things that you can be thankful for. I've found that in my own life, this is This is confession time now. (laughs) I've found that in my own life, unless I'm grateful, the new thing that God has for me will not come to be. God's got a whole lot of new stuff for people. He's just holding it there. But personally, when I am 
possibly sometimes, occasionally, very rarely, not being grateful. <laughs> I find I can't step into as much faith as I might have, as much stepping out as I might have, as much courage as I might have. If I am ungrateful or resentful or bitter or any number of things, but mostly the ungratefulness in my life, I can't step into the new thing that God has for me. So I encourage you to be thankful. (laughs) And you will step in some new things that God has for your life. That's another story, I won't tell that one. And we know that there's an enemy, and we shouldn't be ignorant of that. But he is greater, he is bigger, and he is for you, and he is with you, and he has a great purpose and a plan. And my encouragement to you this morning is for us to seek and keep seeking that attitude of thanksgiving in our hearts, thanking and praising him for all things, for everything. And as we cultivate that lifestyle, it diffuses the darts of the enemy and it brings you into a place of victory. It will break through the strategies of the enemy. A worshipful and thankful life changes the atmosphere. It brings the presence of God. And he smiles when we continually thank him. How many of you know how good it feels when somebody thanks you for something? Or you're being praised for something? A lot of us, words of affirmation are really big on the top of our five love languages. And when we're we're praised for something we do, it, it fills our tank. It builds us up. How much more is it for God and his kids who give him praise and thank him for every good gift that comes from above? God loves it when we thank him. And guess what? Amazing things happen when we do. Breakthrough happens. We find fulfillment. We find peace. We find purpose. We find goodness. (laughs) Amen. And I just want to encourage you this morning to... In Thessalonians, it says to rejoice always. Pray continually. In all circumstances, give thanks. Something to that effect anyway. So this morning, I want us to really just be encouraged and to go from this place. I've started a thankful journal. And we've been talking about getting a board and putting it on the wall so we can stick up things we're thankful for on it. The kids can stick things up, we'll stick things up. And when we walk past it, we'll be able to see, actually, that's right, we're thankful for that today. Just, just to keep that attitude of gratitude going in our hearts because it shifts things, it shifts the spiritual atmosphere, it, it brings breakthrough. And Caitlin's smiling at me. <laughs> I want to encourage you to start daily trying to integrate 
this thing of thanksgiving into your life. Even if it's when you sit at the table, starting to say grace again, if you don't say grace. Thanks, Lord, for the food that we are about to eat. It's not a little thing. It's a big thing. I'm not saying we say grace all the time. I'm just saying that's what we need to start working on again. Because we don't want it to be a religious thing. We want it to be a heartfelt thing. Amen. That's really the gist of all I have to say today. And I just want us to... Jimmy, can I have you come up, please? I want you to be encouraged at this time of year when it is about the gifts for most people. To think about being thankful for what we have. And to actually be thankful. To choose to have a grateful heart around this time of year. Because sometimes it can be become a bit commercialised and about the stuff when it's about Jesus. Amen. Why don't you all stand with me and I really feel just to pray over you guys and just to, because I believe that God's, uh, through the worship I felt like there was some people who are feeling a bit oppressed, something you've been struggling through the week and I feel like the Lord wants to release that from you this morning. He wants to fill some cups and fill you afresh and, and just release you to go forward into this season of celebration with a happy heart. Amen. So Father God, I thank you for your promises. I thank you that you are good. Lord, we give you praise and glory in this house this morning. We thank you for the gift of salvation this morning. We thank you that you came and died on the cross.